drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. Hey everyone, welcome to a little specialty episode of Bottle Service. I'm Sarah Merrill Hall. I'm the chick behind the popular Instagram blog and podcast called Big Kid Problems. And if you're tuning into this episode, I'm also a new mom. That's right. I am pre-recording this episode. So hopefully by the time that you listen to this, I'll be sitting on my couch snuggled up with my new little babe. So I've got a real interesting episode for you guys this week. If you've listened to this podcast, you may have heard me talk about hypnosis a few times, like throughout my pregnancy. I had a serious phobia of needles walking into this and I've had it ever since I can remember. And when I got pregnant, I was like, oh shit, I really need to fix this, which is what led me to our guest this week, Steve Rame. So Steve Rame is a renowned hypnotherapist and transformational coach, and I have to admit, I definitely had my skepticism about the whole hypnosis thing, but was just so desperate for help that I decided to try it. And to my surprise, like it actually helped. So when it came close to birth time, I reached out to Steve again and had to invite him on this podcast to talk about letting go of fears. Because I know I have a ton of fears going into the birth process. If you have a lot of fears or anxiety going into birth, that is so normal. But it's also like really not fun. Like that fear can eat you up. I know it's been keeping me up at night. It's been sucking the joy right out of this process. I mean, that's for sure. And at the end of the day, I mean, this should be a joyful time, right? So if you're like me and suffering with a ton of fear and anxiety around childbirth, hypnosis is just another tool in the toolbox that can help. So I invited Steve to pop on the podcast today to give us a little background on hypnosis, talk about treating fears and phobias, and even give us some tricks and tools we can use at home to take better control over our brains. Because that's the real problem here, right? Like fears are just thoughts. And if we can get better control over our thoughts, we can choose to have better ones when it comes to birth. Anyway, I hope this episode is helpful. And at the very least, Steve is a trip. And this is just a very interesting conversation. So get comfy, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back. I am joined now by Steve Rame. He is a transformational coach and hypnotherapist who has been in practice for nearly 20 years. Is that right? Uh, well, over 20 years, actually. I've been in practice in Nashville for 18 and a half. Oh, my well, God. Nashville. That actually, because I, I don't really work with people face to face. So uh, I just happen to live here and work from here. But uh, yeah, no office or anything. Yeah, you, you've you been doing this for a hot minute. <laughs> and I've, I've had a few clients over the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a couple, just a handful. Just a couple. Um, but I would love to, when we jump in here, I'd love to give a little bit of background on you. I've worked with you in the past. Um, right. I've sung your praises, but I'd love to hear kind of how you even got into hypnosis because this is kind of an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting field to be in, you know? 
Yeah, it is a little different, uh, especially coming from a Southern Baptist household. <laughs> uh, but no, I, ever since I was a kid, I've always been interested in really odd things. Uh, my librarian at my school used to keep books on Bigfoot and UFOs and, and weird stuff like that. And she would always make sure that I knew when new ones came in and she would order them for me. Uh, so I've always been kind of on the fringe. So my, you know, my mom thought I was weird anyway. But um, now I, I dealt with a lot of stuff when I was a kid and uh, pulled, carried a lot of that pain with me for a long time. And that turned into alcohol abuse. Uh, I smoked, well, I was smoking two packs a day on a healthy day when I quit. And uh, basically I found out I had a baby on the way and realized it was time to get my life together. And uh, because I couldn't be a dad and, and be the guy that I was, I could be a father because, you know, anybody can, can donate some sperm. Uh, but, uh, but as far as becoming a dad, I couldn't be that guy. I was living my life. And um, hypnosis had kind of interested me for over the years, but I'd never really thought much about it. I probably knew as much as most people do. You know, it's somebody taking control of your mind and throwing suggestions in there and all of a sudden your life is different. Um, it's, it can be like that. Uh, you've experienced some of that. Um, it's not always like that. It depends on the individual. It depends on the receptivity. Uh, the day that I got hypnotized to quit smoking, uh, I was highly receptive hmm. and uh, I got hypnotized by a really bad hypnotist. Uh, <laughs> he probably hypnotized maybe six people before I met him. And, uh, but I walked out of the guy's house and I never smoked another cigarette. Oh, and wow. So even though he wasn't was, that good, it still worked. <laughs> well, again, there was that belief. Well, it was, it was not necessarily the belief in it because honestly, I didn't believe it was going to work, mm -hmm. but I had a deep, deep desire that day to make a real change because I really wanted to lay those things down. And that was where it all started. I stopped the cigarettes first. There were, I stopped the drugs after that, stopped the alcohol after that. And that's when the real work started hmm. uh, because then I had to face everything that I was hiding from and everything I was covering up. And uh, that led on, uh, well, it's, it's led to a continued journey of, of, you know, personal development and self-discovery and, uh, yeah, releasing all those old emotions. Most of them are all, already gone, but every now and then I find a little tinge of something come up. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. Something else I need to work through now. <laughs> I feel like that's always the case. Like every time we start diving in a little bit deeper, like more shit pops up. You're like, oh, well, hello. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you said shit because now it makes it easier for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was holding back. Oh, um, no, we don't hold back on this show. Okay, we all right, good, back. good, good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know me, I am who I am, wherever I am, even in session with somebody, I'm still going to be Steve, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's so many little things that happen throughout life that affect us that we're not aware of, you know, something that somebody said to us when we were in third grade that, that, you know, embarrassed us and all of a sudden it changed our behavior from that point on for that, that whatever that experience is. Uh, and that can manifest 50 years later in some stupid habit. Uh, some self-destructive habits sometimes, uh, you know, because we're affected by everything. Yeah, we don't think we are. <laughs> <laughs> and then surprise. But, but yeah, that's 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 what got me here. I just I, I was trying to help myself, mm. and 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 when I walked out of the guy's house and didn't care to smoke anymore, it's like the desire was gone. It's like the switch had been turned off, and I just went, "What the hell just happened in there?" Yeah. 
I mean, I, I mean, when I came to you too, like I, I have to say, like I, I had some skepticism as well. I'm like, yeah. I have this deep phobia that is causing all kinds of, you know, issues, really unconscious issues where I'm like passing out every time I, I have to give blood or do like a blood take. Like I, like I just didn't feel like I had any control of that. And I remember when I originally mm -hmm. talked to you, you're like, Oh, we can fix that in an hour. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how yeah. is that even possible? Oh uh, yeah. I think my confidence surprises people sometimes too, because I've seen so many of these things uh, and, and worked with so many people over the years for, the, for this kind of stuff too. So do you think that that's one of the key, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, just the, the deep desire within the person to change. Do you think that that's one of the things that helps, you know, uh, turn there, there has to be, there has to be desire to change or I can't change anybody mm -hmm. uh, because people call me up and they'll, can, can you make me do this? I can't make you do anything. Yeah. You know, make me quit smoking. I can't make you stop smoking, make me stop eating. Well, no, it's not going to happen. Number one, you don't want to stop eating. You just want to change what you're eating uh, and the amount typically. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I can't make anybody do anything. They have to show up with the want. If they have the want, I can help them get wherever they want to be. And, and you know, because if they have a real desire to get to the other side of it, whether it's going to take one session or four sessions, that's that I'm going to get them there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and, and, if and if I don't believe I can, I won't take them on as clients, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I fire people on the phone quite often. Really, you can kind of <laughs> oh, yeah. tell you're like they're not taking this seriously. I, I've been doing this for years. I'm not going to waste. I don't want to waste somebody's money or my time. Honestly, mm -hmm. my time is too precious. We've, you know, I'm so busy. Uh, you know, I mean, right now I'm booked out about a month. Uh, you know, and every minute between those sessions between now and then is pretty much jam packed. So you know, life is short. Yeah, and time is precious. And I don't want to waste my time. So if I don't think I can help somebody, then I'll let them know. Uh, or if I don't want to, there's some people who call me up. I just don't want to work with, honestly, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, because I don't like the way they approach it. I don't like their attitude, uh, whatever it is. And I'll, you know, I really, I just don't anything. I don't want to do at this point in my career. Uh, <laughs> That's nice. That's real nice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, like, what do people come to you for the most? Like, what do you, what are you, what are some of the, the typical um, things you see? Probably the two biggest, uh, smoking, obviously, because that's kind of what, that's how my career was built. Mm. Uh, because, uh, well, that's where I came from, you know? So I know smokers, I know the habit, I know what it's like, I know what the experience is. And, and I've helped over 6,000 people quit smoking. So at this point they just send me people. <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, I've done no marketing for my private practice since 2010. So for the past 12 years, I've done no advertising at all. It's just all been word of mouth. Uh, but it kind of started moving into PTSD. And, and varying levels of PTSD, uh, you know, it, it can be something as simple as uh, what somebody said to in third grade, because it really does create a bit of trauma that affects everything from that point forward, all the way up to combat experiences. Uh, I've dealt with people who've been through uh, rapes and incest and you name it, I've probably worked with it over the past several years. So smoking and PTSD. Oh, wow. And, and releasing old relationships too comes up quite often because uh, sure. well people people have shitty relationships and, and they carry that that bs with them into other relationships and it hinders the connection they're having with this new partner 
that you know that really could be amazing and open and and loving and there's something there's there's just a little this little i don't know i can't if i get too close what if that happens again i did not know you did relationship stuff i have 17 clients <laughs> I, don't, no, I don't i don't do relationship coaching i do relationship no. releasing relationship uh, <laughs> releasing i've got like 17 people for you okay perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm definitely not a good relationship coach right oh that's not my strength but but helping people release old bs yeah uh whether it's bullshit or belief systems is what i do that's so uh, cool that's really cool <laughs> well i know i mean i know i came to you with like a fear and that's kind of what i wanted to chat with you a little bit about today yeah. especially we're talking about like pregnancy and I, I i feel like there's a lot of fears around the whole process of pregnancy like there's fear of life changes like for me my big one was the blood draws and like needles and medical stuff like just like sent me over the edge and now I'm getting close to birth and I'm like so scared of birth so far so far yeah um do you see a lot (laughs) of of what was that (laughs) we'll take care of that (laughs) (laughs) I love you um do you see a lot of women come in like around this time around birth and all of that stuff uh, I've worked with a lot of women over the years. Yeah. Uh, needle phobia is really not that uncommon. Uh, I've worked with a lot of those over the years. I've, got, uh, I've gotten yeah, a lot it, of people write into me that they also have the needle phobia. Like I thought I was like, yeah. you know, kind of oh, weird. No, it's, it's, it's out there. Yeah. It's a thing. It's out there. Uh, I, I get a lot of postpartum too. Uh, because women Good to come know. in depressed. Yeah. Well, I, I get people, get women coming in, uh, and and men as well. Uh, you know, pre, being pre father, uh, you know, what the, what am I going to do? Oh my God, what's going to happen to me? Uh, and I get women coming in uh, pre and postpartum. Postpartum typically because of depression. Now some of that's hormonal, and that that's not not a whole lot I can do about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the mindset that's around that, because you know, I, the thing is, we we mirror the relationships that we had with our parents many times and, and especially because you know i don't know if you know in the first 18 months we learn more than we do the rest of our lives less the rest of our life combined god that's scary <laughs> well and, and it's really important though because it, well actually let's talk about hypnosis first because most most people don't even know what the hell hypnosis is right because most people think i swing the watch in front of their face and their eyes get heavy and they sleep and, you know I, I start throwing suggestions at them and it really isn't that you know, uh, probably what you weren't aware of is part of what we were doing was actually happening during the conversation. Yeah, I remember you told me that, like, after before we even started, you're like, we've already started. Like, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. People don't don't necessarily realize they're in hypnosis uh, because they have a misconception of what it is. Yeah, can you we clear that up hypnosis. a little bit? Yeah, we experience hypnosis all day long. We, we go in and out of that state. And, and basically the way I think about hypnosis, and it took me a few years to kind of, kind of get to this definition of it. It's when your unconscious, okay, that part of you that has all of your programs, your beliefs, your values, your ethics, your morals, everything that makes Sarah, Sarah is already in place. Okay. That, that includes all, all, of your, all of your courage and all of your fears. It, 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 it includes all of your love and all of your hate. It includes everything that makes you, you, it's already in there. You've got preconceptions about everything you experience because of the, what you find in your life so far. 
So all these programs are already in place. And the way I think about hypnosis, it's when that part of the mind takes in a new idea and it accepts that idea as a truth. Hmm. And then from that truth, it's to create new beliefs, new behaviors, and new perspectives in the world, right? Because you came in with a fear. What we did, we, we changed that truth in your mind so it didn't have the same effect that it had before because your mind had accepted that whatever this thing is, is going to cause this problem and it brings up this surface that you experience. That's what the fear is. The fear is not actually the problem. The fear is what you're experiencing of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, that's, that's when your body is, is dumping adrenaline, you're, you're getting cortisol, you know, and all this stuff is being dumped into your body and you're freaking out. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling you get. That is the result of the emotion. Yeah. That's the reaction to the fear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we teach the mind to do something different. And well, think about this, and especially for, for those of you who are just becoming mothers for the first time, are you going to do Santa Claus? Um, probably. Okay. And I'm That's, Jewish. <laughs> okay. The, the entire idea of Santa Claus is hypnosis. Really? You're going to convince your little person that there is a fat man that travels around the world. He goes down the chimney. He drops toys under a tree. He eats your cookies and drinks your milk. And you better be good or you're not getting anything because he's going to judge you along the way. And he does all this in six hours. Yeah. And kids are like, okay. <laughs> and they accept it as a complete reality at that point. But, 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 but if you think about that concept, that whole idea of it really is hypnosis because it's accepted as a reality. Mm. So that's kind right? of what you're doing. You're like implanting these ideas that we can then I'm accept. helping people create new perspectives on the experiences they're having mm. because you know needles are not going to kill you it's not a it's, it's it's a small pain it's gone it's no big deal right it's the build-up to it that was the problem yeah and that was the weird part with me is I'm like I know like oh. this is okay. Like I, I it has and nothing I was, to do with logic. Yeah, I would. And I would be so embarrassed going into these doctors' offices and being like, they're like, we're gonna prick you for three seconds, and I'm like, I get that, but you're gonna have to lay me down because <laughs> I'm going to pass out. Yeah, and, and they would be like rolling their eyes, and then sure enough, like I would go into this whole response, mm-hmm. and it was just humiliating because yeah, realistically, if you think about it logically, it made no sense. Well, because it has nothing to do with logic. Mm-hmm. No, nobody's ever called me because of a logical problem. Right. Not a single person has ever called me because of a logical problem. Everything is emotional based. And it's based on experiences we have at some point in our life. That's why it's, it's really important, especially for, for the parents and soon to be parents who are, who are listening and why I don't know if they're watching this or not. I don't know if you're shooting video or not, uh, if you'll put it out here like this, but, um, it's really important to realize that you are the hypnotist with your, with your baby or with your kid, with, with your, with your kids, because up until about six years old, you are the example of the world. Hmm. They look at you as the, as their truth and reality, because you're their soft space to land when they, when they're home. And even when they come back home later, you know, as they get older, 
Well, that that was one of the things that um when we when I originally went to work with you, I thought was interesting because like you said, like a lot of people have these misconceptions about hypnosis. Like I was oh, like, yeah. am I gonna be asleep? Like am I just like gonna wake up out of this thing and not know what happened, but just magically feel better? And that was one of the things that surprised me is that no, I was like very conscious through the whole session. Yeah. Like I could remember yeah. everything that we sure. that was that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wanted to clear that up for people. Like you're not, it's not like what you see in the movies. It's no, very different. It, yeah. And I'm not taking control of anybody's mind. In fact, I'm, I'm here to help you regain it. Uh, you had control. You wouldn't have called me in the first place. Uh, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, people, you, you can, you can literally get up and walk away from a session. It's not like you're under my control. Uh, you're not yeah, clucking yeah. like a chicken or you know I, I i've never clucked like a chicken uh, <laughs> and neither have any of my clients uh <laughs> but um but no it's it's a really relaxing process it's very typically unless we're doing something deeply emotional there may be some sadness and some things that come up to the surface briefly but it is brief mm-hmm. uh, it typically only lasts for a minute or two and then we're through worst of it and then from there it's just relief yeah. When you, when you talk about that, like that tough period, I feel like a, a piece of that is kind of getting to the root of the problem. Like how important do you think that is in the process of like, it's absolutely necessary. Really? Now I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of therapy overall, because if you go into therapy, you're going to walk in and go, okay, tell me about your problem. And you're going to sit and you're going to talk about your problem for 50 minutes. Sorry, your time is up. We'll see you next week. You walk, people walk out of the office, they're depressed, they're anxious, they feel like shit because all they've done is talk about all the problems for the past hour, right? So that just, that just elevates the problem because they're walking out of the office feeling even worse because most therapists don't really offer any relief. They're just offering a sounding board mm. and, and, you know, something that people can talk at. Uh, and, but the problem is, especially with anxieties, see, the thing is to, to change anything in the brain, because some of this is brain relief not just mind related the brain is a switching station all those neural networks in the brain are attached to our experiences and for for something like ptsd or traumas or you know various traumas like a relationship or a series of traumas uh that can happen over years of time those things are still attached to the same kind of common denominator but they're all firing off the same neural network in the brain physically okay so is if, if I, as I bring somebody into that experience without, I don't need to delve into it. I don't need details about it. I don't need you to sit and talk for an hour about all your bullshit. Okay. You've thought about your bullshit long enough. You don't need to go into it much further with me. Mm-hmm. I just need to fire off that neural network in the brain and get it lit up physically. Okay. Because what happens at that point, that neural network is actually plastic and it's moldable for the next 20 minutes to five hours, depending on the individual and how much we've lighted up or how much we keep it lit up as we go. So that gives me the opportunity to start rewiring the brain and, and attaching new meaning and new ideas and new experience to those old experience that they had. So those old experiences can't have the same meaning they did before. Hmm. So, and I do a lot of that through conversation where people aren't aware that we're actually doing anything. Sneaky. <laughs> people favor the change. That's why, that's why I do. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and if I can do it covertly without them being aware that it's happening and all of a sudden their problem doesn't exist the way they thought it did anymore. Yeah. That's just, that's just a magical moment for them to realize that they can change anything in their life. Right. Well, it's probably helpful because people are kind of like a little bit on edge 
and like waiting Sometimes, to yeah. start. And then if you're doing it like behind the scenes, it's you're mm-hmm. you're a little bit more relaxed and probably susceptible. Yeah, um, well, people show up and they are they are nervous. I have to disarm them with, very quickly and and get them comfortable in the conversation. You know, yeah, uh, because I, I want them. I, I need them to be relaxed. We have to have a good connection. What what's it like? Because I know I'm sure some people have fears that they know the root cause. Like maybe like I I'm scared of snakes, and I remember I remember vividly like the first time I saw a snake was like one got into the pool when I was in the pool with my mom. My mom oh, yeah. like freaked out. Right. And I re- I remember that vividly. But like, what if you have a fear that like you don't know what the root is? Uh, we don't necessarily have to know the root. We, we uh, you know, like, like, let's say, well, let's say a fear of snakes. Let, let's say, uh, let's say you've been out in the woods and over your lifetime, you, you, you've, you've encountered six snakes. I would want to know when the last time was and when the worst time was. And because I think probably what we did, what I did with you, did we kind of loop some stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would probably use a similar process with that. Can you explain like what that is for people who are like, what? <laughs> um, what I'm doing is uh, creating a dissociation from the experience. So the mind is not connected to that experience, but it takes whatever wisdom it needs from it and can let the rest go. Mm-hmm. Because the hardest things we experience in our life teach us the most. And if we can take that knowledge and extract that from the situation, rather than having it completely enveloped in fear, mm-hmm. then we can actually grow from that. You know, because like snakes, honestly, some snakes you should be afraid of. You know, it's good. <laughs> it's yeah. not a bad thing. Now, a garter snake, you know, not necessarily. If you don't know how to identify snakes, good. Stay the hell away from them. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with them and you understand them, then there's some snakes you don't have to be afraid of and some that you definitely should keep your distance from, you know, but, uh, but yeah, we, I just want to teach the mind how to do something different than it's done before. Mm-hmm. I think I remember, and, and I think I remember from our session, um, like we were going through some of the times that I've, I've had like with these, these needle experiences and you kept yeah. harping on like, what happened after? Like, did you walk away from it? Like, were you okay afterwards? And like, I, I, like remembering, you know, that you made it through yeah. that experience multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. And just starting to reframe that for the mind. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, everything is emotional based. Yeah. I know when I w- was starting to go into these doctor's appointments, cause we have to go and we're pregnant, you know, like every month, whatever yep. it is in the beginning, sure. like days before. I would think about yeah. it and like start sweating, you know, right. it was just like, ugh, the worst, but that's usually, okay. So, so we, that's something like we've been talking about fears where, you know, like it's been post, you know, post trauma or something like that. But when it comes to birth, like I think mm-hmm. about it and I'm like, I don't have any post trauma or I don't have any trauma from this. I don't have any experience with it. It's really like a fear of the unknown. So can you, still- well, you kind of know, it's not like you don't know. I mean, I know what birth is like roughly, uh, you know, I kind of have an idea. In fact, I was there for my daughters. Uh, I've seen it happen. Uh, I wouldn't want to go through it, uh, <laughs> but, but I've also worked with women and, and, and actually, uh, husbands as well, uh, to prep them and actually use uh, hypnobirthing. So they, they actually, without doing the epidural and all the anesthesia and all that stuff, Oh my god! Uh, yeah, well, my daughter was born drug free. 
Oh, wow. Uh, and we didn't even know what the hell we were doing back then. We were just kind of playing around with some breathing stuff and some focus exercises. I didn't know I was actually hypnotizing my, my wife at the time. Wow. She's a, she's a trooper. <laughs> so how do uh, you, if you, if you're, if you work with pregnant women, like how do you yeah. kind of deprogram them around some of those fears around birth? Well, first off, we have to get rid of the old ideas of what it is, uh, because it doesn't have to be what people think it is. It's what most of life is and what most people think it's going to be anyway. Uh, <laughs> we project these ideas out there. Uh, but not changing the way they think about it and also helping them relax enough that they can release whatever that idea of pain is. Because the thing is, there's no pain until it hits the brain. Hmm. There have been, uh, there was a guy named Dr. James Braid and he went to uh, India, I believe it was India. I'm pretty, and I'm pretty sure it was James Braid. This has been a while. Uh, I stopped studying the history of hypnosis a long time ago because I really don't care. Works uh, <laughs> work currently. Uh, but this doctor went to India and did over 500 surgeries with nothing but hypnosis as anesthetic. What? <laughs> I have a video of a woman in Scotland who has knee surgery. They have her knees straight open. Uh, and, and she's got a curtain between her and the knee, and she's sitting there having a conversation with the doctor, but she's in hypnosis. That's so nuts to me. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, what? There's no pain until it, until it reaches the brain. And we could also create phantom pain. Uh, I, I feel phantom to... pain all the time. Like, uh, Well, I mean, do, are you missing limbs? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I mean limbs that have been have been uh, removed that people can actually feel uh, their hand that isn't there. That's yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I, I was thinking I was thinking more of like someone will tell me like a symptom in pregnancy and then like the next day I'm like, yep, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So so you took that idea as a truth and accepted it as a reality mm -hmm. and, and your friend hypnotized you and you didn't know it. Well, I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us do that. Like we take on stories and like, I've actually come to a point where I'm like asking my friends, I'm like, don't even tell me your birth story. Cause like my friends, my friend just went through like a horrible 26 hour labor. I'm like, I love you. I can't wait to hear about it after I give birth. Cause like, I don't right. want to take on any more. I don't want to take on any more ideas. Like, well, go into this and when, when are you due? You're May, is that right? Uh, end of April, April 28th. Okay. Between now and then, do you meditate? I used to pre-pregnancy. I need to get back meditate. on it. Yeah. Meditate, 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 meditate. I can't stress that enough. Mm. Meditate. And as you're doing this, there, there's something you can do. Uh, mentalize yourself. And, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. Mentalize yourself actually giving birth easily, effortlessly, just, just letting it flow. Okay. And by mentalizing, said there's there's that a little bit of trust there. I saw that. Uh, you're like, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 already. I started picturing it, and I'm like, okay. Oh, I know. I can see it on your face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but what I mean by mentalize, and we talked about this during your session. We talked about that exercise that I gave you. Uh, it's if you will mentalize yourself, actually being there, present. Just, it, just feeling the pressure, just letting it go. And by mentalize, I mean fully putting yourself there. Think about, uh, for those of you who are old enough, the, uh, the holodeck on Star Trek. 
it's yeah see some people know some some of your some of your some of your viewers might know this some of them may not they may be too damn young uh i don't know your full audience right now but basically what the holodeck is you walk through a door and all of a sudden you are in a completely different reality right like you could walk into mardi gras mm. and you're in a full three-dimensional party right Things are happening around you. Things are going on. You can experience it as if it is happening. You're fully immersed in that experience. Do this when you're mentalizing your, your birth. Mentalize yourself being just relaxed, just the energy moving through you, feeling comfortable, relaxed, and just pushing through, pushing your baby out and just feeling that relief as it happens. Mm. Okay, but fully put yourself there and do this every day, multiple times a day. Okay. Because the, it's, it's called auto-suggestion. You're basically hypnotizing yourself. It takes longer to do it than it would with me because that's what I do for a living. I mean, I've, I've been practicing this for 20 plus years now. So I know how to help people get there much faster than they can get there on their own. But this is something your, your, your audience here can do for absolutely free. Yeah. Right? It'll take you a few minutes a day. But my God, a few minutes a day is well worth it. You know, because number one, you've got, if you, if you don't know how to relax, you need to start now mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. because, because there's a little person about to come out of you and that little person is going to take almost all of your attention. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing that too. Now as like going into the parent role, like everything we do, you know, if we're, if we're, it, cause I'm like an anxious person, just like in general. And I'm like, I don't want to show my kid that side like you really have to be conscious i feel like as a parent of like everything you're putting forward in front of your kid remember what we talked about when we had our session what is your outcome what do you want on the other side of this most people don't give themselves a destination of where they want to take themselves and if you call you if you say i'm an anxious person all you're doing is carrying a flag Mm -hmm. this is who i am and i guarantee you're going to live up to it my husband yells at me all the time for this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, the thing is we label ourselves and people will live up to their labels, but you don't, you're not a label. That's bullshit. You're not your beliefs. You're not your emotions. You're not your programs. I mean, if you think about yourself like a computer, you're the computer. Hmm. You're not the programs. You're not the apps. I like that's what meditation. That way. Yeah. Because the emotions that come up, they're not who you are. They're things you're experiencing. That was one thing I was going to ask you about because um, this is something like I, I just started thinking about or talking to my husband about is when we're, we're leading up to birth. And I keep mm-hmm. saying, like, I'm so scared. I'm just like so fucking scared. And he's like, you have to stop saying that out loud. Do you do you think that like our words and when we say stuff like that, that it like just makes everything worse? <laughs> do we really need to be conscious of catching um, ourselves? Absolutely. Our words affect everything, and mm-hmm. especially the words we say. Because I mean, we can, we can get down into quantum physics if you want and talk about the fact that everything is energy and vibration. And, and when you put a word out of your mouth, that is vibration being released out into the universe. It is affecting the world around you. Your thoughts are energy. Your thoughts are affecting everything around you. Your thoughts, as you continue to hammer those things in and continue to reinforce them, all you're doing is continuing to reinforce your fear. And, and all it's going to do is project that out into the future even more. Now, I'm not a big fan of the whole positive, 
talk thing. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid because that's a bunch of fucking bullshit. If you're afraid, you're afraid. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you have to stay there. Yeah, trying- you can say I, I, you can say I'm becoming brave. I'm becoming brave. I'm becoming brave. And now we have an action in something that's happening, not something that your mind goes, "Well, you're full of shit." I know you're afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. True. But now we have a process. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to like rephrase. Like <laughs> instead of saying like I'm scared of birth, I'm trying to say like I'm so excited to hold this baby and like have him out. But now that's a great reframe right there because now we're talking about after the fact and you're not you're not focused that moment before it. Right. Right. Because that that small amount of pain that you're going to experience for for minutes or whatever it's going to be, it's going to lead you to a lifetime of, of amazing experiences. And a few shitty ones too, because you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna focus on the good. We're gonna focus on the good. Well, of course, we want to focus on the good, but you know, we got to prepare for the other ones too. That's true. Uh, it is reality because you know, kids do stupid things. Because uh, we've all been one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still doing stupid things. I'm like 33 years. Most old. of us are, you yeah. know. But you know, the interesting thing is that the kids don't look at us and think we still do stupid things. So true. They don't know. You know, the thing is, we, we, we do affect everything in our kids and everything that we express, the way we carry ourselves, kids pick up and they mirror. And I think it's really important for us to be honest with our kids too, you know, and, and let them know that it's okay to, to, to fail, that it's okay to make mistakes, that it's okay to feel sad on occasion, that, you know, we don't have to hide those things from them and let them know they could be human. Uh, because don't, you know, we get kids who are trying to live up to some ideal that they can't possibly live up to by the time they become adults. And then they're dealing with a bunch of anxiety and a bunch of shit. And then they come see me and, and I don't want to have to take your kids money if I don't need to, because by then I'll be charging a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think it's the, the most important thing that any mother or father can do is take care of themselves. I meditate mm-hmm. out educate yourself on what on how to, how to put good nutrition in your body take care of you because you that your kids are going to see that they're going to recognize that not only become fanatical uh, because kids have a tendency to run away from fanatics you know uh, because when people get so drawn up into one thing kids are like that's fucking nuts i'm out of here <laughs> you know it's well by the time i was 16 i'm like i'm out of the church i'm getting out of here so hammered into me for so long you got to do this you got to do this I'm like fuck i don't have to do anything i'm a big boy now oh hmm. uh, now as i still go back to those beliefs you know and those those, those groundings because that's that was what was hypnotized into me to make me who i am oh uh, it's all hypnosis um but parents take care of yourself yeah and don't don't forget who you are and who you want to be as your kids are growing too I get this quite often as well with these empty nesters showing up going, I don't know who the fuck I am. Because they put so much attention on their kids, which you should, you should, but don't forget who you are along the way and what you need to create your best life as well. I, I really like that. Yeah. Especially- well, it shows them they can do the same thing. You know? Yeah. Also, I think it's just so easy to get caught up in like all the things you have to do. Like as a parent, I'm like, oh my God, I have to learn this. I have to do this. I have to buy these diapers. I have to do that. And then you kind of lose sight of like, who do you actually want to be as a parent? 
Who do you want to be as a person? Not just a parent. Yeah. As a person. (laughs) Right. Uh, Being a parent should be part of that. But it it can't be your entire reality. Or if it is, as soon as they go to college, you're fucked. (sighs) I want to like just clip that audio and like replay it (laughs) over and over again. That's really solid advice. Um, One thing I wanted to, I wanted to chat about before we, before I lose you Oh, you is, got me long you need me. I, this is, I'm, I'm just here to talk. So Oh, I love it. As long as you want to. Um, we started actually, we've actually already given a few of these, but I wanted to kind of give like some tricks for people who are new to this, who I'm using the example of going into birth, but it could be anything, but like maybe some like self-hypnosis hacks, maybe some breathing techniques that they can use at home, like going into a situation that they're, that they're afraid yeah. of. Oh, um, well, one thing I said that I'll, I'll, I will always reiterate is meditation. And I, I, the meditation I practice is Vipassana. It's V-I-P-A-S-S-A-N-A. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, I'll, I'll teach you the process. It's really a simple process. Uh, Problems with meditation is people go, I can't meditate. My mind won't stop. By the way, your mind's not going to stop. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler I don't care how much you meditate. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Okay, you're going to hit these blissful moments where things are going to disconnect and you're not detached to all that stuff, but that's going to take a little time. Uh, the, the meditation, the process that I use, I've got a, a pillow. I sit on it just to raise my butt up off the floor because I like to sit indie style. Uh, I don't think that's PC anymore, but I really don't care. Uh, but I, I just want to raise my butt up off the floor just because I like to sit upright while I'm doing my meditation. I do not like to lie down because when I do, I'm guaranteed I'm going to go to sleep. I'm really good at that. Um, so I sit up and all I do is I focus and put my, well, I, I just put my attention and become aware of my breathing. I'm just observing it. Okay. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm just the air in my nostrils. Okay. I'm not even putting my attention on my, on my lungs and my chest or anything else, just the air, the feeling of it moving in and out of my nostrils. And for anybody who's starting to meditate, it's going to last about a breath and a half, maybe, before <laughs> your mind goes squirrel, and you're going to wander off. And three minutes later, you go shit. No, I'm meditating. Come back to the breathing. <laughs> and, and then another two breaths later, your mind's going to go, Oh, did you forgot to pay that bill? And you're going to wander off again for a couple minutes. And go, Damn it! No, I'm I'm meditating. Back to the breathing. And if you do this for ten minutes, you may focus on your breath for thirty seconds, and it's okay. It's entirely okay. You're not going to stop your mind the first time you try to meditate. Not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, though, you might focus on your breath for 31 seconds. And it's just going to build up a little at a time where you're starting to rein your mind in. I mean, think about a three-year-old. That's basically what your mind is, doing whatever the hell it wants to do, running all, actually more like a two-year-old, I guess, because it just found its legs, right? And it's all over the place. It's going to do whatever the hell you want. You're like, no, sit down. (laughs) No, come back over here, sit down. And that's basically what you're doing with your mind. Mm -hmm. That's that's like such a realistic expectation for meditation. (laughs) Like that's like the most realistic way I've ever heard somebody put it. It is like trying to sit down a toddler. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you're not gonna you're not gonna stop it right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. It takes time. But at 10, 15 minutes a day investing into yourself is gonna make your life so much easier. Because what meditation is gonna do, th- think about yourself like, like a pressure cooker. Okay. Most people hang out and they're 
right? That thing is just buzzing all the time. And then something comes up, there's more stress in their life, all of a sudden, and they're blowing their top. They don't know what the hell to do with it. Meditation, hmm. you let that pressure off a little bit every day and get to the point where it's, and then some stress comes up. You're like, okay, <laughs> right? Instead of being at a 10 all day and you get to a 12 when some stress comes out, you're hanging out at a two and you get to a four. It is amazing. Like my, my husband has kept up with meditation. He's probably been doing it for like five years at this point. Yeah. And it's like changed so much in his life. He got me into it. I finally learned how to do it. I was doing really well for a little bit. And then I think in early pregnancy, like I was so sick and like, couldn't like, couldn't get into it. And then now that I've tried to get back into it, I've, I get frustrated with myself because I'm kind of like back to that square one box. But I, I promise well, you after this conversation, especially now that I'm coming towards the end, I will be, I'm going to, I'm going to do it every day. I'm, I'm getting back into it. Well, think about it like this, as, as your mind is wandering off and you have compassion for it, because that's what it does. Instead of getting upset about it, you know, just come back over here to sit down. Hmm. No, come back over here. Because that's going to translate into the way you're going to take care of your child. Because you're going to be so much more relaxed and so much more in control that it's going to be easier for you to handle whatever emotions come up for you. Because after a while, what you're going to recognize is the thoughts and the emotions and the feelings that you have, they're not you. They're thoughts and emotions and feelings that you are experiencing. Mm -hmm. But they're not you. The programs, the beliefs, none of it is you. You've, there are things that you've accepted as your reality. We could get into some really... Like that we can sit here and talk for hours. But, I know. Uh, oh, because I nerd out on this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I do too. I love it. But ultimately, the the best thing you can do is is take care of yourself. You know, meditate, 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 meditate. Now, the difference between meditation and and, and self hypnosis is that with meditation, at least the way I practice it. Okay, way I practice meditation is just observing Steve. When emotions come up, I'm like, okay, thanks for going. Thanks for coming. I'm back to my breathing now. Mm -hmm. Some thought comes up. Oh, shit, you forgot about this thing. Okay, great. Thanks. Back to the breathing now. I'm not worried about that right now. This is meditation time. Mm -hmm. So it's helped me. It was helping me in my relationships. Oh, I, I was in a relationship at one point, and I'm not going to say much about this woman, but she was, uh, she was good at trying to push my buttons. And occasionally she'd find one. <laughs> and, the, and the emotion would rise up but, but instead of getting drawn up into it like i would have at one point in my life and we really just sat there and yelled at each other i'm like oh that's interesting that she said that and this emotion came up in me so that's something i need to take care of if that was triggered there's an emotion that i haven't cleared out yet and something that, that's holding me back from being my best me so instead of getting drawn into it, I just observed it. Well, okay, well, that's really interesting. There's part of Steve I didn't expect. I bet she's like, damn it, I almost had him. <laughs> that's why, I, yeah, uh, she, she was really pissed off because she wanted me to get drawn into it and wanted, you know, play, wanted the whole power play and all the drama and that went along with it because that's what she came from. Right. Uh, and so did I. There was a lot of anger growing up around me. 
And uh, that's why I sweat. It would have been really easy for me to get drawn into that uh, at one point in my life. But now it's like, okay, well, that's really interesting, Steve. Where did that come from? And what else do you need to clear out now? Because hmm. my emotions are not her problem. My reactions are not her problem. My offense is not anybody else's problem. It's all experiences that I'm experiencing. And if it's something that's it's affected by something outside, then I'm curious about why and what it is I need to change about me so it doesn't affect me in the future. That's such like a, a, a huge thing. I feel like that's like helped me in my growth too, is like acknowledging, you know, when you're reacting to something like questioning why, yeah. you know, like why, why is it that way? Yeah, because it's, it's not you. Right. When you're responding, now now you're in control of things rather than reaction. Mm-hmm. Steve, this is this has been such a fun conversation. And like you said, we could sit here and talk for hours. I could literally sit here for another three hours and talk about this stuff because I love it. If people um, want to learn more from you, potentially reach out to you for services. I'm, I'm telling this audience right now, like we're having a session before I go into delivery. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I think it's so helpful the first time around, like really helped me in my pregnancy. Uh, mm -hmm. Where can they find you? Where can, where can they get in touch with you? Uh, there's a few different places. You can find me at nashvillehypnosis.com. That's, that's pretty easy. Uh, uh, you can also find me at steverame.com. That is R-O-E-H-M. Uh, and that's kind of my coaching site. So if you're interested in, in coaching and, and getting your shit together and uh, figuring out who you are and who you want to be in your life, then, then contact me about that. If you want to release a bunch of old shit and things that you think you are from all that old shit in the past, find me for hypnotherapy. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to learn how to do this, contact me because I, I teach hypnosis too and have been for the past 15 years now. So cool. Um, I'll link, yeah. I'll link I, everything. I in, yeah. I'll link everything in show notes too. So you're okay. easy to yeah, find. Yeah. Cause you, you do sessions for anybody all over the world. That's not just, um, I only do sessions on zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where you are. If you live, if you live around the block from me, we're still doing a zoom session. Uh, <laughs> uh, otherwise it gets really expensive because you have to pay for my travel and my time away from office and all that other stuff. So, uh, but my clients are literally all over the globe. I've got clients in Australia and the UK and, uh, all over North America and one in South America right now too. So, so cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, feel free to reach out. If you have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer any questions for anybody. And, uh, said, if I feel like I can help you out, we'll move forward. If I don't, then I'll let you know that too. Oh, well, Steve, thank you so much for giving us your time today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. It's been awesome. Thanks Sarah. I really appreciate it. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service.